Okie doke. William Shakespeare put it very clearly. To be or not to be, that is the question. And this is really a statement that we all want to pay attention to because it's really about being. Waking up, finding, becoming aware of self at the true level of self and to live from there each and every moment is to look at that question, to be or not to be. That is the question in this moment. To be means to be present, to be awake to the truth of the divine that we are as soul, and to live from there first, to live from the inside out, to ever live in that present moment that is God present in you, that loving, that divine movement of loving is God's presence in you. And it is for you to live in that loving moment, to live in that loving flow, to live in that loving presence that is your soul, and to live that loving into every aspect of your experience, to live it into your life, into your day, into your friendships, into your relationships, into your activities, into your creations, but to live it with awareness. And that's what to be means, to be aware, to be awake, to be present in the moment, not to be dwelling on the past or on the future, or in your concerns or your fears, because those are the things of this world, not of the spirit. Then you are not living in that state of being. You are living in separation. To be or not to be? What is it to not be? Look around. Look at life. Look at people living in this creation. That's what it is to be caught up in that which is not being. They live in their disturbance and their frustrations and their anger and their fear and everything that causes separation from that state of beingness that is one, that is loving, that is soul. To be means to be still. To be still in every moment, to approach everything in stillness, in quiet, in centeredness, ever focusing upward and inward and aware of who you are, knowing who you are as soul, as divine, as a child of God, as loving, and to live that into every expression, every action as best you can. And believe me, it will never be perfect because you have a physical body that isn't perfect and all the elements that make it up that are not perfect, that this beingness of the soul is looking to express itself even here into this imperfect world and share itself. But it can be close to perfection. It can be close to the divine expression if we will stay present and focused in it. And the one way to do that is to begin waking up in meditation. Hold your attention here and wake up. Wake up like Rumi said, and then don't go back to sleep. And then you begin to live as a being in this creation. To be is to be awake and to not go back to sleep and to know the divine that we are. 
and to share that divinity with all that we encounter. And myself, I know that I am often in that state of beingness, but there are times when I'm not. And I think that Shakespeare put that question to his own disciples very wisely. To be or not to be, that is the question. Pay attention. Are you being right now? Are you not? Are you present in God? Are you not? How are you approaching your situations in life? How are you approaching yourself? To pay attention to every thought, every action, every feeling, every movement. To stay present and aware. That's the goal of a disciple. And it means to slow down, to simplify, to become more centered in your focus and in your expression. Not to be caught up in the things of the world, to be be caught up in the things of spirit inside, which is loving, which is grace, which is compassion, which is understanding, which is listening, which is wisdom, which is so many aspects that are of your divine nature. Not to be caught up in the world of separation and frustration and anger and judgment. But there are times in the world that you may find yourself just being drawn right out into it and wondered, how in the world did I get caught back up in that? What happened? I was so peaceful when I left the house. And even driving to work, it was all just fine. But by the time you get to lunch, you wonder, what the hell happened? How did I lose it? I was doing so well. I was staying so focused. And sometimes it takes just one word from someone, a glance, a passing thought inside, that just catches our attention, that begins to draw us out, draw us out and away from that centeredness. For me, the thing that gets me caught up and draws me out more than anything else is the emotional nature. Just that element of the mind that is in the emotional quality. For in the causal realm, You have all the aspects, including the mind element. And the mind element of myself at the emotional level is very strong. And it gets caught up in things of an emotional nature if I'm not careful. So I'm ever having to pay attention, kind of holding myself aware and present of the outer expression of emotional nature. And where do I get caught up the most? In sad eyes in that look of loneliness or longing, in people and in animals. And I've learned a great deal in just observing, paying attention to when do I get drawn out? When do I get caught up in the outer, in the world out here, rather than staying focused and centered inside? And it's all done through observation. And so it's important for all of us to become the observer. Not the observer out here of the world, 
but to become the observer of the inner kingdom, of that inner response, so that we can begin to truly live life-centered and focused in that place of soul, of the divinity of who we are, and share that into everything that we do. And so it's be the observer of what are your thoughts, what are your feelings, what are your actions, what are your reactions in every given moment. That's a lot to think about when you also are driving down the highway or figuring out what to do with your checkbook besides throw it away or whatever it might be. It's ever stay present in every moment as best you can. And the way to do that is to be the observer of what is taking place right now and then move forward into what's next and what's next as you keep moving forward in your experience. Don't get caught up in any particular area of your experience and become stagnant and trapped in a feeling, in a thought, within yourself or within another. But keep moving forward. And the way I do that for myself is one, I ask for the Holy Spirit to ever go before me clearing away any and all disturbance and distractions, and to assist me in ever staying present in the moment that I keep God first. And if you do that, if you keep God first in all things, in every moment, it gets easy after a while. Because God says, hey, if I'm going to be first in all things, then I'd better participate with you in a new way. And you've just invited the Holy Spirit and you've invited God in to every moment of your experience. And all of a sudden you find that God is walking with you in the state of awakening, in the state of beingness, in the state of doing. And you wake up in a new place, in action, not reaction, in being responsible for your thoughts and your feelings and not giving them away to other people and start living their thoughts and feelings instead of your own. That's self-empowerment. And self-empowerment is a very big dynamic of all of this and is something to pay attention to. So in your meditation, pay attention. This morning when I was sitting here in meditation, I had wonderful things taking place, and at the same time, my mind was going off, just wandering about. I started thinking about Arthur Dewey and his art show and wondered when we would have it, and it just started carrying on, and I wondered how he was doing and hoped to get to see him soon. And, and all of a sudden I had to bring it back and say, wait a minute, where am I going? That's not taking me to God. That's just taking me into my wonder and my concern about the world. And I brought it back. And I held, and I saw the light coming in, and I began to move with that loving. And then off I went on a little bit of journey. And I brought it back. And that's what we have to do. Every moment of every day, not just in our meditation, but every moment of every day. Catch ourselves when we catch that attitude going off-center, going off into the world, getting caught up in things outside of self, and bring it back to center. Bring it back 
to that state where the beingness does truly reside and be once again. Be the truth of who you are. Be the loving. Be the joy. Be the peace. The one thing I've shared over and over about this creation, that this is a reflection. This isn't even real. And that the only thing that is real in this creation is you, the soul. And even everything that we think of as real only exists because we as soul, as creative beings, have created this in this reflection, in this illusion. And what we want to do now is to let go of the belief that this is all real and this is all there is and to begin to wake up into the truth of what truly is real. And in order to do that, we have to begin to let go of the unreal and connect to the truth and to the real. And that's inside. It's not out here. And the more we can spend time in meditation every day, holding our attention here and bringing our attention back and bringing our attention back again and again and again, the more we're going to begin to wake up. And the more we invite God into that action and let God be a participant in that by saying, you first, God, always you, you first, you will find very quickly that God will be first in your life and that you will begin to wake up into the truth of that, that loving, that peace, and that joy that is God, that is you, that is soul. Until then, it's a journey. It is a quest to be or not to be. It is a question. But once you begin to wake up, once you begin to taste that nectar of loving that is your soul. There is no more question. There is just awareness. And you move out of the question into that place of observation. Well, am I being right now or am I not? Am I caught up in the world or am I centered in myself? Is this really an action that is taking me into awakening or is this an action of separation and going to sleep? And it's just a matter of you doing what it takes to bring yourself present into that loving moment, whatever it might be. And you may not be able to sit down and close your eyes and meditate and go inside when you find yourself caught up and living in separation. But you can bring your attention back here, eyes open, having a discussion with people or whatever, and just chant that sacred name of God. Chant the hue or the anahu. Bring yourself present with God once again by saying, You first, Lord, you. I love you first and you only in my life. If you do that, you will find yourself coming centered once again very quickly and everything will be different. The conversation will be the same. The people there present will be the same. The situations will be the same but you will approach it all differently because now you've brought yourself back centered and your attitude, your approach, your awareness will all be very different because you will come from a place of neutrality, of quiet, of stillness, of loving, 
of observation, of being present in the moment. And you will approach any and all situations at that moment in a very different way than you would if you were living in separation, in not being. I've gone through Shakespeare's plays, not a lot, but some, looking for certain statements. Because in his writings is the truth. Just as in the Bible there's the truth, and in all spiritual teachers you will find the same thread of truth as they have shared it, as they have come awake and are now sharing it as a teacher to a disciple. You will find the same thread of truth. Maybe worded a little bit differently. Worded to their disciples, to their culture, to their traditions of the day. But very much the same. You can find the same words of truth in Kabir, in Nanak, in Rumi, in Aristotle, in all the great sages and saints and mystics and prophets of old up to today. They still exist and are sharing the same teaching today. And many of us have listened in the past to those same teachers of great wisdom. But maybe we didn't pay close attention. Maybe we didn't follow exactly what was being shared and said to us. But maybe it's now time to pay attention, to wake up to that divine truth, to that divine element for yourself. The one thing I have learned is that nobody can do this for you. Nobody. But we're all looking for a savior. We're always looking for somebody else to do it for us. Well, I learned when I was 18 years old, up until then, yeah, my parents paid for my food, paid for my clothes, paid for my gasoline, paid for things for me. But when I turned 18, all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I've got to start making a living. I've got to pay for for myself now. They didn't kick me out of the house, but they let me know now, you're becoming an adult. And so now it's time to move into being the adult and doing things for yourself and being responsible for yourself. We're not going to do it for you anymore. We'll assist you as you move into that, but we're not going to do it for you anymore. Start doing it for yourself. And that was a big awakening to me. Oh, my God. I had to get up and get out and get a job right away and start making a living. And... From that moment on, I began to pay close attention to the fact that a lot of the things in my life, physical, emotional, mental, I am responsible for. It's for me to take responsibility for my thoughts and my feelings, as well as for my body, and to start doing it myself, not expecting other people to do it for me, not to think for me, not to tell me how to live my life, not to tell me what my feelings are or aren't, what my beliefs are or not, but rather for me to discover for myself and to start living my truth, to live my life, to have my experience, 
rather than theirs. I can remember my father sitting down with me one day, two days after my graduation from high school, and he said, you know, the one thing I don't want you to become is me. Don't become me. Don't do it my way, because I don't know that I've done it just all that great. I want you to find out how to do it for yourself. So you get out there and you go find your job. You go find your way. You find your career. You do it your way. You make your money. I'll support you in doing it. I'll give you the space and the freedom to go do it. But you've got to figure it out. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, and I'm not going to tell you what to do for your living. If I see you making a big mistake, I'll raise my hand and I'll ask you if you want to hear what I have to say. But I'm not going to tell you anymore how you have to do something. And in a way, that was really a great freedom. It was like, oh my God. But in another way, it was really frightening. It was, oh my God. (laughs) And I remember those next two years were really challenging for me. Because before I always had my father over my shoulder kind of watching out for me, you know, kind of giving input and guidance and and whatever in my life, assisting me with homework or just whatever it might be. But all of a sudden, he wasn't quite so much there. It was my boss. He was the one overlooking. He was the one telling me what to do and not to do and how to do and when to do. And it was just a very different quality of moving in life. And for that first year, it was real challenging because I was caught up in what other people expected of me, how to live my own life, how to do their way. Until finally one day, I remembered what my father said. He said, I want you to find out for yourself what it is you want to be. How do you want to do your life? I don't want you to do your life my way. I don't want you to live my life. And I realized I was trying to please my bosses. I was trying to please the people that were coming in to the store. I was trying to please others, and I wasn't paying attention to myself. And I was living in separation. I had literally separated from myself and was living out here, caught up in the world, doing the world. And it wasn't until that moment and the gaining of the centeredness once again and beginning to connect back into my own truth and my loving and my peace and my joy, it wasn't until that moment that I began to realize the fullness of what my father had shared with me and what it was that I was to do for the rest of my life. It was up to me to do my life, not anybody else. And I've had people since then come up and tell me how to live my life, what I'm doing wrong, how I should do it different. And a couple of times I've gone into a little reaction because of the push that they have placed upon it. But I've always found myself getting recentered and going, thank you. I'll give it some thought. Thank you. That's good insight. I'll see what I can do with that. Or whatever it might be in the moment that I can share with them. 
I have to admit it's rare that I can take what they've shared and put it into use in my life. But I have found few times where that action has taken place. And that's where being the observer is very valuable. To pay attention, to observe what is being shared, what is happening in your life, both inside and out, and see if it relates, if it's coming from the outside into you, as to how you might apply it, or how you might wish to apply yourself into your life. So I guess what I'm saying is, pay attention to that statement of what William Shakespeare said, to be or not to be. Are you being right now the truth of who you are, the loving, the joy, the soul, the child of God? Or are you caught up in the world living in separation from that truth? I know when I am centered because my expression, my attention is from here. I have done so much meditation and I've done so much work at coming to that centeredness and knowing who I am as soul and waking up into that that I know what that feels like and looks like and where it resides and how to hold my attention there and to live from there. It may take time for you to do the same but if you do your meditation every day it will become natural. It will not be an effort. It will not be a struggle. It will be natural because the soul will begin to have dominion over the physical structure, over the elements of the physical creation. And it will just be a natural flow, a natural movement for you, rather than one of struggle. So if you find yourself in struggle trying to get centered, trying to be in that state of beingness that is soul, relax. Don't make it an effort. Effort only creates separation and takes you away from that. This is about being still and know that I am God. So be still. Move into an effortlessness. Move into a quietness. And be in that loving. And then all just flows. Simplicity, grace, and ease are what I see moving from my centeredness into my daily life. And if I do not see simplicity or grace or ease present in that environment that's just right now, I move back into the centeredness by just chanting that name of God or looking up and saying, I love you, Lord. You first, come on in, participate. And the moment I give that invitation out, God is present. The loving is here. And I can move forward once again in the state of being and not in separation. That's what this pathway is about. And it's a simple action, a simple movement of conscious awareness. Stay present, stay focused, stay aware in the truth of who you are. And it all just happens. So thank you. I guess we'll end early and let people go have an early lunch, get ready for class this afternoon.